Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, America. <laughs> Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's happening? Uh, it's the first day of summer. Summer astrologically started, or astronomically? Astronomically started at 4 a.m. this morning, so <laughs> happy first day of summer. Uh, it's 150,000 degrees here in Chicago, down from 275,000 degrees the last couple days. Um it's it's so hot that, that Lakeshore Drive, which is like not a drive, it's our like basically a ten lane expressway along the lakefront. Um, it's starting to buckle, it, like oh. the, the the different segments of it are like pushing up against each other, um, and crumbling. It's just it's like people people drive down this thing seventy five miles an hour, and there's this huge bump that crosses like all five lanes right now, uh, where if you hit it going seventy five miles an hour, your car would bottom out. And you oh, that, would probably lose normal. an axle. Yeah. So I, I just, you know, I love it when the, uh, you know, the, the, the infrastructure that is uh, the cause of climate change is also like <laughs> falling apart because of climate change, you know, showing, showing immediate evidence of, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, when um, you see pictures of like wildfires and like everyone's fleeing and it's like bumper to bumper traffic in the cars and it's like, yeah, this is, you're, you're fleeing in a car. That's the reason why your the entire fucking city's on fire now. Good job. Right. Um, and then they say shit like, that. well, we need to widen the roads in case of a uh, wildfire emergencies so that we can all flee quicker. It's like you, you need to widen all the roads and then you just get more traffic and more fucking carbon. And just, yeah. So anyway, um, speaking of speaking of cars, I was <sighs> walking down the street the other day. I've been walking through the neighborhood to get to the grocery store because it's just it's so fucking hot that you can't you have to be in the shade to walk anywhere right now. Right. Uh, and I, um, you know, it's also nicer to not walk down a four lane fucking highway that I live on. And, uh, this, this guy goes, uh, Hey, excuse me, excuse me. I'm like, Oh God, here we go. What is it going to be? <laughs> right. And he's sitting in his, in his car or van or whatever the fuck it was. And, and he's like, uh, Hey, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm selling these, uh, Bluetooth speakers. Just wondered if you, uh, you want to buy a Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, uh, no, I'm good. Thanks, though. But I was like, man, you know, it's been a while since somebody tried to fucking sell boosted merchandise out of the back of a van to me. <laughs> right. I mean, I've had to have it before. Like, even like, you know, back when, you know, half a lifetime ago when I still drove a car, um, 
somebody, you know, I just like somebody pull up next to you at a light and they're like, Hey, you want to buy a fucking stereo? I've got one on in the back here for $10. And you're just like, I, I, no, <laughs> no. Cause you know, there's some catch to it. Like the, the, there's some other thing that's going to happen or you're going to get involved in that you don't want right. to happen. Some sketchy situation. Right. That's such a throwback though. You, you very rarely, I, I remember that being a lot more prevalent when I was younger. And then like, even when I was first driving versus like, yeah, you, you just don't see like sketchy people trying to sell shit that they clearly boosted anymore but um yeah yeah or, or just like they found a bunch of them somewhere like you know, oh yeah fell off a truck or you know like whatever it might be <laughs> right just just weirdos accosting you to buy shit from, like, from them put randomly it, put it on fucking craigslist so i don't think you're a fucking lunatic you know like just... well, and that's why we don't see those people anymore because they're just, those weirdos are now just on ebay and craigs like we you know we don't we don't right. have to interact with them face to face they mean, have that, a better that's one of the big reasons why violent crime is taking a nosedive is because it's, you know, instead of mugging people, you can just go online and fucking send out phishing scams to people and do that. Right. I mean, you sit at home and steal 5,000 credit card numbers uh, and have virtually no risk of getting caught uh, or get into physical altercation where somebody might shoot you like, hmm, which which one right. might I want to do more? <laughs> right. Um, no, 100 percent. But yeah, they'll still um, get you for the credit card numbers eventually, though. That's that's. Once they figure out the the because I mean that happens that happens to me like I've had it t- twice now where I get a call and it's the my debit card or credit card company or whatever it's like hey did you make this purchase and th- this purchase uh, in Canada on this date and I was like I certainly did the fuck not and so they, they'd be like oh well somebody did and so we got to can- uh, cancel your card now and send you a new debit card and I'm like god damn it. But they, you uh, know, they well, you do that because somebody, you know, you use your debit card or credit card online somewhere and somebody kept it stored on file somewhere and they got hacked and they probably didn't re- realize it got hacked until years later. And whoever hacked them probably got a hold of 100,000 credit card numbers at a time and then they sell them to people. You know, they sell it on the, right. on the dark web or whatever. So, you know, shit happens. Right. To be fair to, to to your earlier question, wouldn't you rather just do it online rather than get into a physical altercation with somebody? <laughs> Clearly, Ezra Miller has no issues uh, getting into <laughs> committing crimes, you know, via physical altercation in person. Because what the fuck? Like, we, you know, we haven't recorded in a couple of weeks, but what? I mean, just in that time, I think he's he's you know committed multiple felonies. Is now in the run. Like, it, there was a report out from Warner Brothers because they. I don't know if they shot it already. If they, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's finished, but they've been shooting this movie for like three years. Like this movie was like pre justice league was, it was announced and it, it's like the movie. That's like the, the, the fucking monkey's paw of all monkey's paws. This movie, like it just never it's the whole DCU. It's, it's like, they it, can't, it's it, a perfect microcosm of the DCU. This fucking, we were talking <laughs> offline. Like Disney clearly has some kind of like highly sophisticated personality behavioral algorithm <laughs> with, for like the people that they cast, you know, mm-hmm. assuring that like we're banking billions of dollars on these people. We can't have somebody who is running off to Hawaii and assaulting people and kidnapping <laughs> a minor and giving them LSD. Like it's just, and somehow Warner <laughs> brothers had does not have the, the technology to, you know, have any kind of foresight to see where that's coming, you know? Uh, and you know, you know, Disney's was advanced cause they predict, they were able to predict that like Downey would actually, you know, not only turn his life around, but like have this massive career resurgence off the backs of, Iron Man and like be t- like if anyone would be like a red flag prior to their hiring of like oh maybe this might not be the best person to build a franchise around it would have been him but like right. what the fuck happened you know 
Well, <laughs> look what happened with know, him. He, from Amber Heard, Ezra Miller, Josh, 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 Josh Whedon. Yeah. Uh, right, who, who directed Snyder, the first Avengers, and they got rid of him pretty quickly. You know, like yeah, well, they was, saw there were problems there clearly. But right. yeah, it, it's just it's like it's 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 insane. And I, I wanted to read a little bit here because it's it's like I don't think people realize just how. Uh, I'll just read it. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know where this is from. These are screenshots, so it's from clearly from. Oh, this is from screen screen. What is this? Green junkies? No, it's Green Geek. They all have logos that look alike with like a right. They're, they're, like, it's all the same fucking right, right. content farm <laughs> it's, bullshit. Yeah, yeah. They, they all have like a a a, a white and a yellow initial <laughs> right. font thing. The alleged events started when the 29 year old actor arrived in a bulletproof vest while grouped together with the neighbor, mother, and their child. The tensions began brewing during the following argument. And then it quotes from another source. Like, again, I don't know what it is. This might, I don't know if this is a court thing or what. Tensions began brewing when the mother says she mentioned doing some traveling recently with her tribe of people, leading Miller to snap at her and accuse her of cultural appropriation. Then a conversation about board games allegedly went side. Conversation about board games allegedly went sideways when, when after Miller claimed that the board game Parcheesi had Rastafarian roots, the neighbors... <laughs> The visiting neighbor, who is half black, questioned Miller as to which sect of the Rastafari movement it originated from. The visiting neighbor further recalled Ezra Miller's actions. At this point, Ezra explodes and started screaming directly in my face, the visiting neighbor tells me. They said, referring to Miller, you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. What did you say to me? What did you just say to me? I was very caught off guard, the visiting neighbor continues. They then opened up their jacket. They had this big Sherpa jacket and they opened it up. Uh, one side of their jacket uh, and you could see a gun and they said talking like that could get you into a real a real serious situation <laughs> so as Miller is basically telling this black person they don't know what they're talking about when it comes to Rastafarian religions and they might shoot them um, just an absolute fucking like mentally unstable terrorist Ezra Miller just yeah Every story is like, how is this a real fucking story? But it, it somehow right. is. And so it continues a little bit here. Next, Ezra Miller began to focus on the 12 year old, 12 year old. I've talked extensively with your child and they have a lot to, of power to them. <laughs> At one point, you're going to realize that you don't have any control over them anymore. They're an oh elevated God. being and they would be lucky to have someone like me guide them. So, yeah, you know, all those, those right wingers that are calling the gay people groomers. You know, and then this comes along, and you're like, uh, <laughs> is, "Is that is that the twelve is that the twelve year old you gave acid to?" Um, Jesus. Pretty I, pretty sure that's reckless endangerment. Uh, this, this is <laughs> this matter. is a like a twelve part true crime podcast waiting to fucking happen. Everything that's going on with us from Miller right now. I mean, it it just you know obviously they're never gonna it, no one's ever gonna cast Ezra Miller in in a movie again. Like it's just not gonna happen. And well, this, this isn't like a well known bankable person. Like people were talking about Ezra Miller, and I was like, who? Like oh, the, the person who plays Flash in the Justice League. I'm like. I'm pretty Ooh. sure <laughs> pretty sure they were in some like TV show, but like like not something I would have watched, but like something that was like pretty I don't know. But yeah, in any event, right. When when I remember when the first casting was coming out, I was like, uh, I don't know who that is, but uh, apparently perks of being a wallflower. I don't know. But 
in any event um but this yeah, this movie that you, they've been making for three years was supposed to be like the big savior of the dcu uh and now that's pretty much going to go nowhere and they and they don't even they're not going to release it if they even do release it until june of 2023 <laughs> so they got a whole another year to, to like you know keep oh, keep God. clicking refresh on the search engine for his for their name uh, hoping the that it doesn't get every, worse. The, every fucking Warner Brothers executive right now just fucking Xanax by the fistful. Like every time there's a fucking news cycle, because yeah, I mean, I, there was that story the other day about how Warner Brothers is like, well, we just we just hope that the the, uh, the these scandals remain low level scandals between now and then. <laughs> like, uh, which I mean, these things know, have a way of. of you know when you get the details of it you find out that it's always way worse than you oh just assume right. it was um i mean they're not going to be able to do publicity for this no know? no god no like um <laughs> right you're right the star the fucking lead you know of the film is not going to be able to do any interviews about it. i mean keaton's gonna obviously carry the press tour if they do it and it's going to be a super like awkward like oh so why don't you tell us about the Edgerman? Uh, oh I don't want to talk about that but yeah. you know so I, they're, uh, they're they're probably working on trying to get some kind of streaming deal for it because they know it's it's going to bomb well the they, they have HBO Max so they can just right. pop, you know Warner right. Brothers they could just throw it on there and be fine <laughs> HBO and Max that, like, is like million the, people watched it the 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 studio theater fixer <laughs> place you know like <laughs> that, that was well, and- that was the thing like if if Dune bombed they were going to basically just yank it out of the theater and have it go straight to uh, HBO Max, which um, Denny which Miller kind of did anyway, just because of COVID, you know, they right. came like a week late, whatever it was. But he was pretty um, pissed about that. I mean, he went on, on record many times saying that he was furious that uh, they were going to do that with his movie. Um, right. Because, you know, I mean, it's it's that's that's a movie you want to see in the theater, you know, like just the the the, the auditory uh, juggernaut that is that doom <laughs> you have to get you can't you can't listen to that on your fucking earbuds and watch it on your phone you need to go see that in the theater it was you know and it was a right it was a it was a it was just a really bad timing situation because i think like if you know all these directors had consented to like oh yeah no I, i'm totally fine with things coming out on hbo max you're gonna be paying me the same great whatever right that would have been fine but the fact that like it just happened to be that they were shot you know before covid or during covid and then like they were coming out like during a height of one of the you know the uh spikes it's like it just shit kind of happened and i think going forward it'll be one way or the other and like they'll just say ahead of time like no this is definitely going to hbo or oh this is definitely coming to theaters but um yeah but no but so I mean, and this not fuck- like we're gonna have another pandemic i mean what are the odds that i don't know say polio suddenly comes back out of nowhere what are the odds that COVID is like as bad as it was in January? They're just did, not did you, doing any reporting. I guess you on didn't it. see the headline today. No, I, I did. I, I'm not even. I'm not even. Re- I, I like at this point. I'm just like fuck. I'm. I'm. I can't. I. I have no bandwidth in my brain for another fucking incommunicable infectious like. Because because we're already fucking completely ignoring the fact that COVID is as bad as it was in January when we were like, you know, hey, oh shit, like this is bad again. <laughs> but it's gotten to the point where like nobody is selling it and like the CDC doesn't even report fucking data on it anymore. And like st- it, it, it's it's fucking insane, but whatever. I mean, it's just what it is. It, it's, I, I think we know, just hit the threshold where enough people were vaccinated own. that it just they don't have as many hospitalizations for it. And that's, that's I, I don't even think it's thing. I just don't think they're reporting it nearly as much. I, I think, you know, like, cause when yeah. you actually dig into some of the, it, it just, it, it's, you know, it, like everything else in this country, we are so beyond comically on our own with, you know, like it, it's just, 
it's it's fucking preposterous and disgusting and i'm sure 10 years from now we'll look back and be like oh man that was fucked up but but uh you know we're, we're in the shit right now um but no with the flash like i and it sucks because like i really number one flashpoint this story that the, that it's based on is is fucking great and like it's it, it's a really good story and it's emotional and like it, it could be really good it could be a really good movie and and it's a shame that they're gonna fucking probably you know shunt it off to either hbo max or whatever but on the plus side the fact that it's a movie that the multiverse is like a main story point like basically you know barry has to go back in time and fucking you know fix what what he barry allen the the flesh he's uh is a name uh see i don't really care about it enough to even fucking know that so well no so like what happens is like so you know like batman and every other fucking superhero like flash's origin stories as parents were murdered um or no his mother was murdered um but not his father but like so he when he realizes he can like actually run fast enough that he can outrun like time in the speed force or whatever he tries to go back and stop his mother's murder but it's like a very much like a butterfly effect <clears throat> creates like this nightmare <clears throat> scenario mm-hmm. so it, because it opens up the multiverse and shit they could easily slot someone else in as the flash like they, they could just reshoot the ending of the movie uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. have someone else pop back out of the fucking portal or whatever at the other end and be I, like oh. i just don't care about any of the dc stuff honestly like i i i loved the batman we reviewed that you know but that's it's still like well my also my fear is oh, that that's gonna be wanted. like they're gonna try to like i i kind of i really hope they don't end up trying to like shoehorn that into this universe because now that they're gonna be like merging the fucking you know the Snyderverse with like michael keaton's fucking tim burton you know like i hope they're not going to try to find use that as a backdoor to be like oh hey this is a really successful uh dc movie let's try to incorporate that into this much less successful i don't know why they need to do that though because the only they they always have success when they try when they let people make the movies that are not associated with their fucking canonical whatever you know, and they also yeah. like they 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 don't even want uh, Henry. What's his name? coming back as Superman. So like, what the fuck are they even doing? Like, how do you have a, a a DCU if you're not willing to have the actors come back and play the role seven, eight times? Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's and, a and train wreck. It's, it's, and I love it's a, that it's, it's a train a wreck because train wreck. it does make you appreciate that like Marvel had their shit together. You know, like the fucking three Star Wars movies come out and it's like they had no idea what each one was going to be. And that's why they kept like shifting between directors and what the what the theme was and what the arc actually was. They had no idea what it was supposed to be, you know. And it's it's like at least you know, Marvel comes out with a new show every couple months, and you're like, "Yeah, is this one going to be good?" And you watch it, and it's like, "Yeah, it's pretty good." And it ties into other shit, and you care about it. <laughs> it's always pretty good, but it's never <laughs> it's more than B plus. pretty good. It's always <laughs> right. B plus. It's always B- consistent B plus. Never a yeah. never A plus. Never C plus. You know, no. like it's just. I will say. You know, I watched the finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi last night and holy shit, a fucking plus. Um, I, yeah, I can't wait to watch it. I mean, th- th- that's this show has been like the best Star Wars thing, I think, probably yeah. you know, consistently. Yeah. Maybe, I, I, maybe I like a, Mandalorian season a, a slight too. I just I mean, even that show, it's just it's episodic. There's no overarching anything. There were so many throwaway episodes. Uh, if it, that was like five, was, like three, four episodes less and like 
right. focused on the main story, that would have been what Obi-Wan is. It's just like perfect. So this was six episodes, four hours and 40 minutes. Um, you know, I, I had some some worry at first with it and it just got, I was we'll like, start. you know, episode three was so fucking amazing. I was just like, oh my God, I'm like a little kid again. I'm fucking scared of what's right. happening on the screen. And I thought they're not gonna be able to top that. And each episode after that got like even better and kept building. They didn't cut away to like some goofball, silly ass shit. They didn't have Amy Sedaris show up and do fucking 90s comedy schlock to take you out. As much as I enjoy her. Yeah. Yeah. I love her. But it's very off. She belongs on Strangers with Candy, not the fucking Star Wars world. And I mean, there's definitely humor in Obi-Wan, but it's it's like touching warm humor that like who the characters are. And it, even the even the one guy who uh, from Eternals, like, I don't remember his name, who like oh fucking uh, they, they popped Kumail him Nanjiani, yeah. yeah, they popped him in here for comedic relief, and I was like, don't do it, don't don't do this. This is the thing that fucking ruins it for people. Um, it even, even his character what like turns into like a serious character when the situation becomes serious, and he's not there for comic relief anymore. I was like, thank God, Deborah Chow, you fucking did everything right. And then so, the finale, and then I won't say anything about the finale because right, it's, right, right. it's just, you know, I haven't seen it. People haven't seen it. It's only been out for, uh, what, 12 hours now? Right. Now you're going to say um, that half a day, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, it just, it does so many things right and, and you know, does only a tiny bit of fan service, but does it in the exact right moments and these exact proportion where you feel that it's, you know, they're not just mining fucking the same shit over and over. It's like, right. yes, we know exactly what you want and we're not going to fucking douse you with gasoline with the thing you want right we're going to do it sparingly so that you come away with it with like a really positive memory and a reverence for all the other stuff that has come before this that we know is important and we're not gonna you know we like the we they could do anything they want with the mandalorian totally new character they can do whatever the fuck they want to do but they still throw in all the little like oh here's this thing and remember that from that thing you know and and this show really didn't do that this show you know the little the actual easter eggs I know that term gets misused a lot, but like there, there was really none of that in this show. If you saw something that was similar to a thing, another thing, that's just because that's a common thing in the universe. Right. Right. Well, and you know, two, I had two points I wanted to make. Yeah. Number one, I mean that, you know, couldn't be polar opposite from, a, you know, from what Boba Fett did, which where it was just oh, nonstop, <laughs> you know, as much fan service as we can cram in. Fan service is not a bad thing if it's done Fan service is a great thing if it's used in a way that enhances the story rather than just you're building the backbone of this I mean, cash grab on a story. You know, there's plenty right. of fan service that's fucking. I mean, my one probably my favorite example is in Creed. You know, the the Ryan Coogler movie, um, where it, and it's just this great original fucking movie could almost be its own movie, other than the fact that you know Rocky Balboa is the is uh, is Adonis Creed's trainer and shit, but like it. It, the whole movie, there's kind of like just subtle cues in the in the score that like, you know, kind of like uh, allude to the Rocky theme, the, the iconic fucking Bill Conti Rocky score. Right. Um, but it has its own unique sound and, cre- and and Adonis has his own unique score uh, and theme. And then right in the last fucking scene of that movie, like right after he has this amazing, I, I love that fucking corner scene at the end where uh, 
where his eyes are like sealed shut and Rocky's got him around the neck and the ref's like trying to stop the fight and seeing if he can see and like Rocky's like tapping him on the back of the neck to show him how many fingers the ref's holding up. Oh yeah, I remember that. I only <laughs> watched it once. It was a long time ago, but yeah. But but uh, you know, har- horrible medical protocol for but you know, he he knew he knew the, you know, as a fellow fighter, he knew that he wasn't going to get him to stop fight. Mm. And then he gets hits him with that great line like I got to prove that I'm not a mistake and then like he gets up out of the corner and they play finally the fucking the Rocky score in full, like as the fucking sure. final round is. Good. And, and it's just, it just hits you like it, it's so oh, fucking good. The other thing that they did terribly with uh, the Boba Fett show was having nonstop flashbacks that did not inform what was going on in the scene. Right. And right. that's another thing that this show did, that Obi-Wan did, is there was sort of a, a periodic extended flashback that happens um and it's not flashing i mean it's 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 some uh, stuff from you know what would have taken place during the prequels that we it's a scene we never saw and of course you got the two actors and you know uh, hayden christian obviously doesn't look <laughs> he doesn't they did they did a, and i'm so glad they didn't uncanny valley but they didn't do a ton of it right because right. they know i mean you know you're just happy that the fucking guy's coming back to play the thing after 20 years right um it was subtle it was effective but it it, it so greatly added to what was happening in the present time and it, it showed you that they're both thinking about this moment um, and recalling mistakes they made in the past that were seen in the flashback. And then their actions in the future show that they learned something from that uh, from that moment that's, you know, allowing them to, to succeed in a new way in the present tense. And that's a really, really good use. That's the only time you should be using flashback, honestly. Right. To, you're right. To enhance the story. And I love, you know, and I, again, like when it was announced, I was like, oh, I love you, you and McGregor. I don't know if I need this series. And then they were like, oh, Darth Vader's going to be on. I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if I like I love, you know, the series. But again, I don't know if I need this. But it, it's such a great uh, it's such a great linking of two things where you, where you just have this image of Darth Vader from the original trilogy as just this iconic bad guy, but yeah. you know, some stiff, you know, awkward and, and, and Hayden Christensen, who I, you know, I think gets a lot of, un- I think, you know, his performance in two is a little spotty. I think he's actually very good in revenge of the Sith for the most part. He's, he's perfect for the role and, because he's a right and whiny self entitled teenager, the kind of person right. that if given enough power would turn into the galaxy's most ruthless villain. So it's, it's but, like, and the thing is right. that you're watching, you're not watching a character that's supposed to be likable. <laughs> right. Even McGregor, Zoe Wan, he's the likable one. Right. And that's the, that's the thing is, you know, but like he's, he's, you know, the only moments he is likable is that like, you, you feel like a general genuine kinship with the two of them in, in revenge of the Sith. Like there's a genuine on-screen chemistry between <laughs> right. Hayden and you and McGregor. So it's all you, you feel you and McGregor's, well, you know, pain when he when he fucking has to chop his legs off at the end, which and he didn't have to do. I was still kind of like, oh, no, I mean, he, he totally did not have to do that. <laughs> I was like, all right, dude, you could have fuck it. Like, come on now. You know, you look, I have the high ground. I'm going to fucking turn you into a fucking <laughs> into a paraplegic here guy like let's not force me to do this and then he leaves him like fucking- they let him fucking burn to death rather than yeah. just chopping his head off and you know giving him some mercy in his last yeah well i'll tell yeah, you it was, it was rough i mean obviously the, the the confrontation they had in the third episode that was like oh shit he <laughs> got a little revenge there uh but you i mean obviously you know that they're building up to a final confrontation right, right? and right i i will just say this that uh it it delivers in every possible way especially on like a really strong emotional level and credit to the actors for that. But 
uh, again, there's not like a big set piece. It's kind of just like they're in the dark. Right. And so you, you're visually just like very focused on just the two of them and nothing else. Right. Which yeah. I love. Like that's, that's a new, that's a new, that's one great thing about the new star Wars. Cause you know, obviously that was not a thing in the, in the original movies and in the prequels were just shot, you know, in front of video game you know, cutscenes. So like, there's right. just no real dynamic, um, you know, depth to any of the sets or any of the places that they are in, in the prequels. Uh, you know, starting with, you know, and I'm not crazy about the movie, but Force Awakens, the great thing about that movie is that, uh, you know, J.J. Abrams understood inherently how fucking cool lightsabers look in the dark. And he has that great scene, you know, that great right. scene out on the fucking uh, the, the snow planet, like where where uh, uh, Finn and uh, Kylo Ren are like fighting. And the, you know, it just looks fucking awesome, like seeing lightsabers at night. You know? Well, I, I, I'll tell you that they really um, they having a bunch of different directors on Mandalorian really feels like an audition process to figure out which was going to be the best director to hand Obi Wan to. I honestly think they did that. To be oh, one hundred percent. Let's let's see who who really does the best job, and they definitely picked the best one. And I think uh, cinematography, uh, photography wise, like the this looks better than anything they've done. Any, I, any yeah, of the things, just, so just far, like every, sure. every single shot they're using the right focal length lens for what the scene is supposed to convey. And so often in Star Wars, you see them have a shot where you're like, why did they put the camera here? This is just like the most awkward framing or like just, just bad blocking the, or whatever. The entirety of the prequels, like George Lucas, you know, <laughs> yeah. great idea, man. Not a great no visual director. Everything's I mean, been focused in every single shot, no matter where it is, no matter how, it's you know, it's, nothing. Dyna- right. Uh, so. And, and, you know, the other thing, I mean, and I think I, I mentioned this when we talked about Obi-Wan, like the first, like a couple episodes, like this was clearly like Deborah Chow had a great fucking idea for Star Wars 3.5. And they were like, yeah, but we can't make a sequel to Revenge of the Sith. Like the <laughs> the prequels are still, you know, I mean, they've obviously had critical reappraisal, but they're still, you know, a, a, a fucking running joke and, and you know. Game, you know, comic book, whatever fandom, you cannot just make a sequel to the reviled fucking prequels. So we'll just pop it on Disney Plus and cut it up into six parts and call it a series, even though this is obviously a movie. I mean, this, if you cut this together and like maybe trim like 10 minutes off of it, this is a coherent, really fucking good so far. I mean, I haven't seen the family, but so far, like a coherent, really good, like logical beginning to end movie, yeah, two and a half I, hour I, movie. I feel like it, what does work really well, each episode feels self-contained to me. And I remember each episode distinctly, you know, yeah. it takes each one takes place in a different place. Um, you know, it's not just like, oh, every episode, oh, we're on fucking the desert planet, Tatooine again. Every fucking thing looks the same. Right. It's like we've it, seen I, that it seems like it could have hung together, though. There, there's uh, just a lot more cohesion than yeah. almost anything. Start, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it wouldn't have been. But yeah, anyway. So, yeah, I can't wait to watch it. We'll chat. Are about you it caught up week. with the, the second to last episode? Yeah. 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 I lo- yeah, yeah. That was great. Got that one. I yeah. Loved it. Yep. Well, and, and again, <laughs> I knew that little um, fucking. Oh, I just just really impressed with Moses Ingram. You know, all the racists are like, oh, it's forced diversity. And, you know, we talked about this. It's like, really, you think there's, you know, millions of different sentient species throughout the galaxy, but there's but the black woman is the one you have a problem with. (laughs) Really? Really? I know. Um, And and but her I mean, her acting has been phenomenal. And I love the character. Uh, I love that they did, you know, didn't just like, you know, because a lot of people thought, oh, well, she's a pretty lady. So, of course, she's going to turn to the, the light side 
by the end of it, right? And because that's just the way that you know, if you're pretty, you have to be good eventually, right? Right. And I don't want to ruin the ending, but like that's not what happens. <laughs> no, and I and we kind of talked, I think, on the show about like, oh, I think this is why she's mad at Obi Wan, and it was like it, that would have been somewhat lazy, but then it was kind of a they did that, but in a unique way that I didn't really see them approaching it, and I thought it was you know well. It was well put together. Her twist, like mm-hmm. of, of her motivations and the fact and, and that great she does secret fucking right. I, I so I watched this and I loved it. And I like I, I should have known better because immediately is whenever I, I like something that's like mass media uh, that's done well. Um, immediately on YouTube, it's going to be like actually here's why it wasn't good. <laughs> it's just like Jesus fucking Christ. I, I, fucking I can't engage with that yeah. fucking it yeah. Just, it, like it's just so it, it's just so fucking like soulless. And, and the reasons the reasons again. The first thing I heard why it wasn't actually good is oh it was bad writing. <laughs> it's like, and what was what what part was bad writing? The fact that it just didn't match your headcanon of what you wanted to have happen. You self entitled little fucking prick. So yeah, when people are like you know just the you know immediately pick, trying to like nitpick something, but they can't even articulate what it is. But really, it's just that like it it didn't end the way that they wanted it to end. And it's, if you go into something with an expectation of what you want to see happen. Why aren't you the screenwriter? <laughs> you know, right. if you want the story to be this, go make it. Go go work for Hollywood and make the story you want to make. You're not entitled to anything other than some content, really. Um, but yeah, just fucking yeah. amazing writing. And just some of the lines. There's so so many great lines. And, you know, I think like it's like the episode once Obi-Wan like turns himself in. Right. And he's like whispering to her and um he, he says something like, you're not bringing me to him. I'm bringing him to you because he knows that she's out for revenge. <laughs> right. and, that's, and that's like, oh, this is getting really good, like psychologically, like depth to it that you don't you normally expect from Star Wars. I, I, I definitely was not happy to see the return of somebody that seemed like they were dead earlier in the uh, in the series. But then again, they have to be back there in later canon. So whatever, like they're not going to be a huge factor. Wait, who going forward? The 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 the. the Skip ahead at five seconds if you're not caught up. Anybody, the the, the Inquisitor, the fucking uh, oh the, yeah, the, the, the bald. Well, yeah, apparently the, now getting stuck the, the Power the... Rangers villain of of the fucking move of the series. Right. Well, everyone can get stabbed to the stomach with a lightsaber and survives now. Apparently, whether you're a little kid or an old man or a middle aged woman or just it's apparently a completely survivable thing nowadays. Just so. throw you in some fucking briny water in the fucking back tank for like a couple hours and you'll be fine. Did you get sliced in half? We just fucking put a half a you know, middle part of your torso is a robot now. You'll be fine. You, you gotta <laughs> you gotta be like, what if you're like in a Star Wars series and they kill you off in like a not super like finite way, like where you get like stabbed in the stomach or you get cut in half. You got to be like, what, how big of an asshole am I that they didn't want to bring me back after all the people they've brought back for right. with way worse fucking injuries that I have. Right. Well, that now. guy, he only <laughs> fell 3000 feet off a building. Like that. Just walk that shit off, man. What are you talking oh, about? You, you know, fucking they're going to bring Samuel L. Jackson back at some point. I don't know for what, but they'll, he'll, he'll fucking cut show up again. I'm sure. Well, but, I, I tell you, he's, he's definitely done his, fucking time in hollywood doing every single thing he's ever been offered um but done it well but done it well i mean that's that's one of the things is like no matter how you know big or small role he's ever done he's always given it you know 100 i think people kind of take you know take that for granted with a lot of actors that do tons of movies like but like yeah but they were always good in them right 
Yes. Okay. Then <laughs> there you go. Right. Well, he he gave just as much effort in Pulp Fiction as he did in Snakes on a Plane. Like it's you know, there's no, there's no like you know, ah, oh, fuck, this is the paycheck movie that you see out of some guys like like Bruce just Willis. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'll only be on set for two days, and I'm going to do all my lines in front of a green screen. And, yeah. Know. Um. But no. All right. So we do. Yeah. We should mention one person who's not going to be doing any more lines anytime soon, and that's Amber Heard again. <laughs> Um, because now that she, well, has... she might be doing lines, just not in front of a camera. You know? <laughs> <laughs> She'll be doing lines off a mirror. Yep. Right. Poor thing. Yeah. So we had a clip of Amber Heard, uh, being interviewed. This is after her, uh, legal case with Johnny Depp concluded in which, uh, you know, apparently they both lost, but she lost by a lot more. He also only lost. I mean, again, I'm not, you know, not one way or another saying like the, in it, this is definitive, but the only thing he was found liable for was what his lawyer said, not anything he personally said. So correct. I mean, again, it's like, correct. You know, right. And, and for 2 million versus the 15 million she was found liable for. Right. And, and I think we all know, like the thing that she claimed in, in which, you know, like basically her lawyer characterized her in a way she didn't like, but she had just flat out made false accusations that, right. you know, right. Johnny Depp's rich guy, he'll be fine, but still like losing out on, a huge fucking franchise that you pretty much created on your own kind of sucks. And, you know, just, you know, reputation overall. When you're- well, and he's never going to, you know, and, and fortunately, unfortunately, however you feel about him, we'll probably never get cast again in a big budget. Like people will cast him in shit, but the same way people cast, you know, Kevin Spacey and shit like random fucking movies, but like nobody's going to give Johnny Depp a fucking hundred million dollar cast Kevin Spacey in anything the last five I years. I feel like he was oh, in like... some weird, weird fucking movie. I could be wrong, but I feel like I, it was a big, uh, I've only seen him in his little creepy holiday. Oh video. God. I mean, those, 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 those fucking horror movies. When this last Christmas, I was disappointed by that. <laughs> I know, we were all waiting that day. We were like, it's going to happen. No, he's got like shit in post-production. I, I amazingly, he's actually he's got, like, like shit being filmed only in Europe or something or what? Uh, okay. So let's see the man who drew God. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's listed as like the top build, but again, like I've never heard of anyone else in this movie. So that kind of tells you, you know, <laughs> nobody's going to see this movie unless we do something really fucking what fucked was, up. Uh, what was that? The What's her name from Mandalorian that got uh, fired by Disney for oh, all... fucking Gina Carano. That loser, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So remember when Ben Shapiro was going to make a movie with her? Oh, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. they're still so, doing that. So, well, they did, and it just premiered, and I saw a headline, or somebody posted a screenshot uh, of this headline with a picture that at the premiere, the only celebrity to show up was Rob Schneider. And I commented, uh, <laughs> the word celebrity is doing a lot of heavy lifting there. <laughs> oh, my God. You will not believe this is real when I tell you this is a real movie that's being made. There's a movie called Gore that's coming out that's about Gore Vidal Played by Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey is playing Gore Vidal in a a fucking movie, in a biopic. I'm pretty sure that Gore Vidal just rolled over in his grave. I I mean, Jesus (laughs) Christ. Oh, okay. So it was a Netflix movie, apparently. It says it's in post-production, but it it was canceled. Who knows? Uh, who knows but whatever in any event what jesus christ what a fucking shit show that's gonna be if that happens i mean i feel like i have to watch it just because 
Oh, purely out of weird... like kind of one of my heroes, but right, uh, morbid curiosity. I yeah. mean, Jesus Christ. But yeah, just just I mean, you just look at Kevin Spacey and your skin crawls now, you know? Yeah. No, it, it's right. And, oh, anyway, well, so we so had we had people's... a clip of of Amber Heard that we needed to play. We we're trying to get to that um, <laughs> here. Kind of set it up a little bit too long, but so yeah, so so she's being interviewed by I don't even know who the fuck matters, but eat, eat, eat entertainment tonight, whatever. The the clip kind of speaks for itself, so maybe we should just let it roll. In. Yep. In the closing arguments, the deaf lawyer said called your testimony the performance of a lifetime and said you were acting. What do you say to that? Says the lawyer for the man who convinced the world he had scissors for fingers. <laughs> what? Yeah, I love the interviewer just uh, like, uh, it, it, it feels like it's a, a clip from fucking... Uh, waiting for Guffman or Best in Show, like just a guest movie. Where you're like, uh, you, you mean that that that, that lawyer afterwards, the guy who for Robert Downey Jr. who tricked the world into thinking he was a flying robot. Right. That's that 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 beat was so like British comedy esque. Like it was just very, but not intentional at all. Like yeah, what man? I, yeah, I don't. I, Does what? <laughs> This, this is I, the you, shit that you do. Amber Heard, the woman who convinced the world that she could breathe underwater. <laughs> right. Like what? Like what a stupid point. Like what are you fucking? You have no idea what you're saying. But this is what happens when you don't have. But you she know. thinks that's a gotcha. Like, haha! Remember that movie? It turned out right. he didn't actually have scissors for fingers. So you can't trust anything that guy's lawyer says. I mean, so like, they're in this. Like, looks at the fucking interviewer, like totally sincere with what she's saying. Well, it's and look, and this is like a very weird case because this is like one of the few instances where there was a high profile, uh, you know, domestic violence situation where, you know, it was a the male celebrity, the male involved in it was was a, you know, was the primary victim of abuse. And they're desperately trying to, like, you know, lump her in with all of these other like kind of like Me Too era you know, put upon women. And it's just like, it's not like we, we saw a lot of the fucking evidence, you know, thanks to how insanely fucking circus and public this trial was, which I'm sure, you know, Depp's lawyers wanted to make, you know, make so, but I mean, that's probably because they realized like, Oh, well we have the evidence on our side. So obviously we want as many people to see this as possible. And it's just not fucking happening. Nobody's buying it. Like it, you well, know, they're, they're articles people, trying people to like, who are lying. Don't want to go to court. Right. Like that's, that's usually like in a defamation case, the, the fact that somebody who feels that they've been wronged wants to go to court is a pretty right. good sign that they have the evidence. Right. Cause it's, it's right. a hard thing to prove defamation. Very hard. Unless you have the evidence. Right. And if you do, you go to court. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, just like we, we've talked about her character and, and, you know, what a terrible person she is, but just like the, the, the fact that she would say something like that reflects a, a specific kind of mindset. And I don't know what you would call it necessarily, but like, it's, it's it, not it just somebody felt- who's intellectually honest, let alone just plain regular honest. No, and, and and it didn't feel like she was even expecting that. It just felt desperate. Like she, this is the the desperate flailings of somebody trying to salvage no. their career. I mean, she's you know going to be in the new fucking Aquaman movie, and like Ugh. that's probably the last big role she's getting. 
regardless. I mean, nobody wants the fucking heat of, you know, they may keep her in this movie. They may not. It seems like for now they are again, fucking DC just Warner bros. You just need to stop making superhero movies for like 15 years. Let us all forget about these fucking train wrecks. And then you can start over again. Make, make them make like 30 minute versions that come out like six months after you make them tops. Cause you do not, clearly have enough people to vet these these actors you're casting for long-term long-term projects like this but um yeah so i mean she's never desperate to keep making shit so they don't go bankrupt and get bought by disney (laughs) right i mean that's the other thing which it's gonna happen eventually disney's gonna own everything fucking horrible um oh and you know what we didn't talk about just real quick uh, uh, the fucking awesome news that that HBO is in development of a, a Jon Snow like sequel series to Game of Thrones like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm fucking stoked. Like I, I, you know, again, like I was like, eh, whatever. I saw the trailer for the new house of the dragon. I'm like, I'll watch it again. We kind of know what happens. Like I, I'm sure it could be good, but nothing that I'm like dying to see. Yeah. This is like I, legitimate. I, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I had a hard time watching people like too many people with hair that blonde for too long. That's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like it's weird. It, it just, it's like a, like a weird revulsion of like Aryan culture, I guess. Plus Matt Smith has just that weird fucking look to him. The guy who's like one of the primary Targaryens in the series. He, yeah. Yeah. I, just don't I, like I, I need him, to look at pretty people when I'm watching. <laughs> I don't care what gender they just have to look. Preferably not in like the same family, because like again, that's you know you could do that a little bit on Game of Thrones, but when everybody's a fucking Targaryen, like I don't need to see. Yeah, you know, you know we, had, we had a lot of a lot of diversity of white people on Game of Thrones. You know, I mean, just just one family though, that's going to be you know, tricky. I'm it's sure they're going to go to war, and we'll see other fucking shit happening, and everything. But yeah, but yeah, so 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 Kit Carrington, our our stupid stupid son Kit Harrington, Jon Snow, um, who took took the, the the ending of game of thrones uh not not the show but like the ending of his acting on the show uh so harshly that he went into rehab you remember that yeah no he had a really hard time yeah like, like I, not yeah and like he, you could tell his identity was very tied to the character and you know he's been playing this thing for 10 years and growing up as this character i can understand how that could happen and you know, aside from a small role in Eternals, like he hadn't done a whole lot of other stuff. Uh, but what was that fucking volcano movie where he was like a gladiator oh. and the volcano was just, oh, I want to yeah. say it was called volcano, but I know that was the fucking <laughs> Tom like Jones. Pompeii or something like oh, yeah, that. It was, Pompe- it was Pompeii. It was called Pompeii. Yeah. Cause the, the volcano yeah. under Pompeii, the Pompeii fucking re yeah. Re re whatever, you know, wake up, wakes up in, right. in modern times. Fucking right, so, so, so walking yeah. Phoenix and Russell Crowe are in the arena and then a fucking volcano explodes from beneath <laughs> them and that yeah somebody had that idea and pitched it so yeah but he, he's clearly like he hasn't got a lot of other roles and the same for a bunch of other game of thrones young actors like that always people thought they were so weird bypassed. like people don't want to hire uh Maisie williams for anything because they're like Fucking- oh you're not conventionally attractive enough it's like what? Even like Gandolfini after Sopranos didn't get a ton of roles. I mean, he had some roles, but like it's just so weird. Like you see, you're even like Cranston. Like Cranston's done a couple of cool things, but like you you watch Breaking Bad, you're like this guy he is like going to be the um, before Breaking Bad, if I recall. I don't remember the name. Yeah, yeah Malcolm no. Malcolm in the Middle. No, Malcolm, of course yeah. I remember it. Of course I remember it. I I, I I mean, he's an example of somebody that had two hit shows, which is very rare to have to have that in your life. But 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 like it's I, I really think there's like still this weird thing where like especially with the older kind of Hollywood executives because there always was like weird like oh you're a TV person thing where they would like th- those worlds did not meet. 
Mm-hmm. And like only in the last, you know, 10, 15 years is that really like big name actors want to do television. I feel like, like Cranston is doing like whatever the fuck he wants to do. Like, oh, I'll be in Godzilla for 10 minutes because I feel I'll, like- I'll show up at Costco <laughs> to sell my fucking tequila with Aaron right, Paul. Like, I'll right. do- <laughs> you know, I want to I want to play a biopic about uh, a fucking communist named Dalton Trumbo. I'm going to do that. <laughs> right. I'm going to get that right. made because somebody I actually care about. So but, yeah, but, I don't know, but it's still, but there's a weird Kit thing Harrington. where Hollywood doesn't like, yeah. So, but yeah, Kit Harrington, he's good to get, you know, cause everyone was like, well, they're ever to have a sequel where they show like, where, where did, did area go? Like what's West of Westeros? Like, are we ever going to come back to like, and she's even said, she's like, yeah, I'll come back and do that show eventually. Like, you know, and Kit Harry, we I just figured it'd be a lot longer than three years before we'd hear about, you know, any of the, uh, the, the main, Stark's coming back for another round of Game of Thrones. Uh, I think they realize like the, the the brand is kind of on life support right now. Just you know, for all the fucking whatever about the last season that people had the weird reactions to it. I think they realize like we need to bring back the like this is the most valuable thing that HBO has that they could still do. They're not going to do another Soprano series, you know, without right. fucking Gandolfini. They're like, we gotta. It's fucking hilarious though, because the, the, you know, that like the, the crowd reaction videos of the, the, you know, the moment when Aria does the thing. Uh, yeah. I don't want to spoil it. Um, the crowd reaction videos of like, you know, a, an entire two, like 300 people packed into a bar, all like jumping up and down, cheering like it's the fucking World Cup at the same time. Right. That, and then everyone acts into, like that season that's sucked. Turned, just... That's been turned into a meme. People will like superimpose other things over the fucking screen they're watching. It's been turned into a meme, right? And it's like, it's so people just, I, I don't know if people just don't know that, that the, all those videos existed of everyone fucking losing their fucking minds in joy over that, the moments, <laughs> that particular right. moment in the final season. But it's, it's like, again, you watch something amazing and then you go to, on the internet and then all the fucking nerds are like, hey, here's why it was bad, actually. And it's like, Shut the fuck and up. And then and then there's some, you know, decent segment of the population that just assimilates that and that becomes like anytime like I, even just like at my new job, like like <laughs> I'd be talking about random shit with people and people would be like, Oh yeah, Game of Thrones, but yeah, man, that last season. And I was like, Yeah, but like but and I'd start talking about like things that happened and be like, Oh yeah, that was cool. And it's like I think people just assimilate shit like that because they don't have enough room in their brains to like remember how good something was and they just or they don't know what a tragedy looks like because they didn't fucking read literature in high school or whatever like or they just again like they'll watch it and enjoy it but if enough people say they didn't like it and that it was bad they'll just go i guess it was just bad then i i didn't really mind it but it's i i distinctly (laughs) remember when the last the first week the last jedi came out Everyone I talked to was like, this movie is fucking great. And I immediately left the theater being like, this movie's fucking great. And then like the real hardcore fucking like sort of like right wing fandom started in on it. And it became like a, 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 it just became its own animal where like I think a lot of that negativity sort of feeds the, the discourse in a in a really negative way about every fucking major piece of, you know entertainment now and like you can never just be like oh yeah that was fucking awesome uh, well when you can go review bomb a movie because you don't like seeing black people uh you know right. and, and it's like you have this extremely vocal minority of people that just like there's that fucking scottish youtuber i'll watch and it, he can give a a good uh deep analysis of what's good and what's bad about a movie as long as the movie only has white people in it as soon <laughs> as there's women and black people his biases come out and right. he starts just 
I mean, yeah, there is. I have seen stuff where you could tell it was forced to diversity or Disney has their boxes. They have to check off of, of things they have to put in a movie to uh, make sure they're can, you know, change their logo to a pride flag in June. But, uh, you know, it, just. Right. We, we all saw the, the latest conservative freak out over the, the big lesbian kiss in light year, which I assume was like a big scene. But apparently I just literally saw a clip like of it a on, back on the cheek on youtube i was like it wasn't even like two guys fucking giving each other a reach around i thought it was bud lightyear fucking <laughs> fucking the cat or whatever the fuck was in right the this this is the equivalent of disney making it woke was that like literally i literally had to watch it three times and be like did she kiss her on the cheek or on the lips i was like oh i guess that was on the lips but you can't you literally can't even see it in the clip and it's like the yeah. most like chaste like oh hello friend it, sort it, of thing right <laughs> Like you remember, you remember when um, it was like the first interracial kiss on TV was on Star Trek, right? Um, and that was like a legit fucking you know that was they were going to town on that shit. And right. like I mean, I guess they didn't have the internet back then, but but actually, it wasn't the first interracial kiss on Star Trek. The first actual interracial kiss was between Uhura and uh, one of the fucking nurses, and it was like a little friendly peck on the cheek, like any woman would give her other lady friend. Right. right. And like nobody had any fucking no one said shit about it to the point where <laughs> no one even remembers it. <laughs> right. But then this is the equivalent of that. But now everyone's like, yeah, shitting their fucking adult diapers because right. you know, somebody had a woke. picture of a sign, a homemade sign that a theater and I think it was Kansas. They'd put up where they said that they would fast forward past that scene <laughs> so people wouldn't have to see it. Uh, I mean, just like, oh, how about just a five second tone warning so they can like blink at that exact moment and miss the fucking scene? Like, what what a preposterous fuck! But and again, it's just like it's just so much man. I hate everybody on every side of this argument because Disney is a fucking disgusting evil corporation, oh, right? Who, do, who doesn't give a fuck? On their side, right? Who doesn't give a fuck about LGBTQ rights or anything? And like they clearly just put this in because they knew that it would generate enough PR about the movie that a bunch of liberals would blindly go see it. And I hate the fucking reactionary moron conservatives who, again, don't give a fuck, but know that this is going to drive fucking podcast subscriptions and YouTube clicks oh, yeah. for a week to right. be about talking about Dis how Disney's woke. I hate everybody in this fucking conversation. Well, I mean, it, it, from the reactions too. like I, th I was like, are, are these fucking ladies come swapping is like that. <laughs> right. It's like. It was just I could again, but this happens every time lately when when there's a conservative outrage about something, and then I'll look at what they're actually outraged about, and I'll be like, oh, it's like you know, that's right. wow. It, it <laughs> really is. There's ridiculous. there's like two industries here. It's there really is you know like somewhat of a element of like forced wokeism that Disney's trying to tap in, into, right? Right. Like you know, but then you what, have the, the grifters or whatever they call it. Right. Then you have the grifters like Matt Walsh, who I didn't even really know who he was until a few weeks ago. Because um, there's so many of these fucking Walsh guys. There's, there's like a hundred different conservatives on Twitter, blue check Twitter. That have uh, variations of the same name, right? Right, right. It's always a like monosyllabic first name and then the last name Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> and he basically, he, he got a job working for uh, Ben Shapiro's newspaper or blog or whatever the fuck it Daily is. Daily Caller, I think, yeah. Yeah. And uh, wire, so he got a lot of attention because he just somebody tweeted at him. Hmm. It should be illegal for anyone of any age to transition gender transition, period. And Matt Walsh uh, quote tweeted that and said, yes, put it another way. It should be illegal for doctors to do this to anyone of any age. 
like as though doctors are like, you know, holding the kid down and be like, you're going to be a girl now. Like, like what? <laughs> Implying yeah, and, that being forced upon, upon anybody. And this is like, again, you know, uh, it is never in my lifetime and, and you're a little bit older than me. So you, you probably remember a little bit more of like the gay panic in the eighties. I don't think it's ever been this openly high. It's it, certainly since the passing of like marriage equality, it's never been this fucking openly hostile. Like it's, this seems I, I like don't a ever new really level. remember it because I, even though I grew up in like a rural, uh, rural, uh, school district, like they're just, there probably we, weren't a lot of out gay people at the time, like in that area. No, but by the time there were, it was just like, that was just normal. Right. right. So like making fun of someone for being gay or, you know, a guy being effeminate because he's in the theater department. Like that was just, it was like, you couldn't get away with that. Nobody would tolerate that kind of thing. Right. And right. I, so I never really thought there was a gay panic. I didn't really. And, you know, I like we didn't really have the word trans, but like everyone knew what a sex change was, you know, right. like it's wasn't like it probably as common then as, as it is now. Um, but yeah, the I mean, that, that wasn't yeah. like a weird thing. It was just like, oh, that that uh, she used to be a he had a sex change. So what? It was not it was not this huge fucking fear of like what are they doing to our, to our children thing that right wingers have made it out to be now right and and are well, passing I, legislation to uh basically ban trans youth from right existence. and right and to to fucking torture them and punish them and you know like ch- charge their parents with child abuse i mean it's it's really fucking scary yeah, what, what, feel, what state was that, that just passed a law that got thrown out I, um by a court that i don't uh, remember but it's been happening in several the, states the, i mean the parents of any transgender child automatically had to be investigated for texas. child abuse yeah i'm pretty sure it was texas but uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's just this it's, is fucking crazy so matt walsh is you know if, he, if you think he's just worried about children transitioning their genders uh here's a couple tweets from him about just kind of his broader worldview uh he tweeted out on uh i don't have the date on this one unfortunately uh he tweeted out i'm happy that this land was conquered it is, a, it is an immeasurably better place now than it would have been had Europeans never showed up. I'm proud of our hist- history and grateful. I will never apologize for it. I will celebrate our heroes and laugh in your face when you cry about it. None of you would want to actually live in a primitive culture you idolize. None of you. You prefer our civilization even as you whine about it. You feast on the bounty while denigrating the men who provided it to you. You're ungrateful, despicable brats, the lowest of the low. So... You could call that American exceptionalism. You could call that white supremacy. You could call that being a Nazi. (laughs) (laughs) I would call it all three of those things. Ironically, those those all occurred to me. But and and again, like the the rhetoric, the anti you know the anti gay and the anti trans, especially rhetoric, has become very fascistic in nature over the last couple of years, and it's very it's very alarming because it's 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 not just on the right wing blogospheres because like everything in the right wing, because the, the right wing in this country actually gets what they, they want. The right wing base actually gets what they want typically versus what the left wing in this country wants, which they never get. Um, It's gone for everything like this always gets kind of floated as test balloons in like the, the crank right wing circles to start with. And, you know, in a couple of years it becomes, uh, just right wing heterodoxy. I mean, everything about Trump's rhetoric, you know, was always in the fucking atmosphere. Like that was shit that McCain was saying and, but, or, you know, Palin, especially like McCain's campaign, I should say, was saying, 
and like it was always floating around and it just you know it it just takes a little time for it to be accepted but once it's accepted that just becomes the fucking norm for the right wing and we're seeing a lot of just really radical fucking you know fascistic like just you know basically round up trans people and put them in fucking you know reassign like sexual you know reassignment whatever they're gonna fucking call it camp sort of rhetoric right now and it's really fucking terrifying like if you care about other people's fucking human rights like it's really terrifying to see what they're doing right now i have a couple of things i want to get to that um illustrate your point right there but i wanted to make sure you play this clip of matt walsh uh (laughs) right just to show you what a fucking clown show he is yeah this is called c is for consent (laughs) auntie and uncle want finn to sit with them come sit on my lap no you have to sit on my lap finn says no thank you my parents say i don't have to sit on anyone's lap if i don't feel like it what a brat this kid is Surprisingly, this is the worst one yet, I think. This somehow manages to be more disturbing than, um, you know, books that are pushing transgenderism and bisexuality and all that kind of stuff. Those books are bad, too, but don't get me wrong, but this one disturbs me on a deeper level. If I was a little kid, if I was like six years old, and my grandmother came to visit and said, hey, give me a hug, and I said, nah, I don't feel like it, Granny. I cannot imagine what my dad's reaction would have been. It would not have been pleasant, I can tell you. My reaction with my own kids wouldn't be pleasant. In that situation, yes, I tell them. I guess I violate. I've let me tell you something. I violate my kids' consent all the time. Who is it? Eleanor Morrison. He, his, her, whoever's. They're, they're taking their own. I don't want to misgender them. Whoever it is, they're taking their own complex and projecting it onto everyone else. I don't know what's going on with you that you view a hug from an aunt or a, a grandfather as potentially sexual in nature. But it's something you should be talking to a therapist about. You don't write it into a children's book, for God's sake. <laughs> So it's bizarre to me that he assumes that if a kid doesn't want physical contact with somebody, that it must be because there's an implication of sex. I could tell you a hundred different reasons why a kid might not want to go hug someone, uh, the most of which being told that they have to go do it right there then and there, I would have an aversion to it. Because anytime an adult tells you as a kid to go over and hug that person, that's performative parenting. That's not right. about them caring about you having a, a pleasurable, consensual, uh, willing, physical interaction with someone. That's them trying to make you perform so that other people see that and think that they're a good parent. Look and at I, how obedient I would, my, do- my dog, I, I mean, my child. I guarantee if a kid is, is being told that, they're picking up on that too. And that would be reason number one why they wouldn't want to go do it. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's like, l- literally, it's like, look how obedient my dog slash child is that that they go and pr- pl- do the tricks that I tell them to do. Like, it's just, it's exactly. fucking gross. And, and, and that, look, that's again. the kind of guy like Matt Walsh is, where they're a guy who wanted kids. There's lots of good fathers that have kids, but none of them wanted to have kids. A normal man has to be dragged kicking and screaming into fatherhood. Any kind of guy who wants children wants a little copy of himself he can boss around. Yeah, I mean, for the for the most part, I would say that's true. I don't I don't want to besmirch any of our listeners who actually want kids and are actually great fathers. But but no, I'm I'm saying there's lots of great fathers. It's just having kids was not typically it's typically it's typically surprise a surprise to them is is usually the case and a surprise or it's you know they get married or they're about to get married whatever it is whatever it is and the the friends and family of the, the. soon to be mother sit the soon to be father down and say this is what she wants and you are going to give it to her 
That's I, I how think, normal fatherhood works. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I think a lot of parenthood, and again, I'm sure we're pissing people off this conversation, but whatever. This is a safe space for for these sorts of things. A lot of parenthood is a lot like I view parenthood the way I view politicians, in that nobody who wants to be one should ever actually be allowed to be one. Exactly. <laughs> and and the people who the people who make the best parents and or politicians have it sort of forced upon them like or you know kind of fall into it like Like, obi-wan kenobi right but nobody like and again this is this is why Jon snow would have been the best fucking king choice for king and you know king of westeros because he didn't want the fucking job like i don't want it (laughs) right and that's why he would have made a great king and that's why daenerys would have been a fascist and was already a fascist before she'd even taken power uh because she wanted it so badly and that her ego is so intrinsically tied to her ruling over everybody because of you know her her tough upbringing right you know being used well and, and like as soon as everybody who told her what a gentle angel she was was dead she fucking wasn't had no reason to be that anymore <laughs> right and that's but and that's and that's we see that all the time with real politicians right. i mean hillary clinton wants and, to be president more than real she, quick don't forget yeah. don't forget misandry did say dracarys <laughs> so but that, honor that. That hillary, Cl- hillary clinton wants to be president more than i want to breathe like on a daily basis and that dr- I, I drives that she every- says that she has no interest in running again because it's just like of all the things that aren't true this is the most not true thing <laughs> this ever. is the most not true well she was in the news too this week i don't, do we have it we have that a little speaking of people who are just you know you know you think like with all of this this insane rhetoric against you know lgbtq uh the lgbtq community and trans people specifically that the democrats who have literally nothing to offer anybody beyond the fact that they are uh pro-abortion and pro-gay rights lol um (laughs) you know we see now how well that's worked out in the last fucking six months um you know have have let uh abortion rights evaporate to the point where roe v wade's about to be overturned and you know their 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 support of the lgbtq community is so obviously superficial and surface level to get them elected and people like hillary clinton just can't help herself but to expose that so well she and as soon as yeah exactly so this this article was making the rounds because she basically you know said the quiet part out loud and said that uh yeah we'll throw trans rights under the bus if we think we don't need it anymore um and of course the fucking k-hive defended her um, th- well, this tw- they're mostly turfs to begin with the kids. Oh, yeah, people. Exactly. So this, this tweet, I was, that was hilarious. This is, this is in response to people, um, responding to the Hillary Clinton's remarks, which we'll get to in a moment here. But, uh, this person of course has a picture of Kamala Harris as their avatar, probably Sally Albright alt account, uh, says, sorry, sweet pea, but trans rights are not all capitals, not a fucking priority. We are headed for literal fascism. Thanks largely to Bernie and fuck you and your anti-feminist leftist ilk <laughs> following men around like puppies so and Bernie. tearing down women without whom you would be a handmaid. So, so we have to, we have to throw trans rights under the bus or else we might end up with fascism. I, I wonder if they understand uh, what fascism is because fascism is when minority groups like trans individuals lose their rights away. <laughs> right it's literally the definition like, we need to do fascism so we don't be so we don't ha- what, what they're saying is we don't want fascism for straight white liberals that's the only thing that they're saying is like we need to protect our little comfortability 
So we will literally throw any group that we pretend to care about under the bus, you know, black people, Hispanic people, fucking migrants, like any, literally anybody that we pretend to care about, we will gladly throw under the bus if it means that we don't have to be, you know, mildly discomforted by by the fucking psychopaths in the right wing. Right. It, and, and, and what are you really against the right wing for if you're arguing for, you know, not fighting for the rights of trans Americans who are very clearly under attack by the people who you claim to be opposed to? Right. Like, what are you really opposed to them for then? Right. What, what, is, what is your opposition to the Republican Party if you're agreeing that trans, uh, you know, trans lives don't matter? Right. Right. No, 100 percent. Do you have that quote from Hillary from the article like that? You actually like that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I have the. Yeah. OK, I, I, I so here we go. Here we go. Okay. Um, so it's written in the first person. I don't remember the name of the author here, but uh, the author writes, I say that Democrats seem to be going out of their way to lose elections. Well, I argue that's true um, by elevating activist causes like uh, no. <laughs> when, when have the Democrats ever elevated an activist caused? They, they were the ones who told us, uh, you know, uh, defund the police was a losing strategy. Uh, and then they fucking lost anyway. Um, all right. So notably the transgender debate, which uh, are relevant only to a small minority. I, I would argue the uh, debate uh, is not a debate. There is no debate to be had. Right. But if you would frame it as a debate, uh, the, the now, yes, trans people are a minority of the population, but to say that the debate is relevant to only a small like <laughs> that that that's a that's an extremely inaccurate statement to say that the issue of trans rights this is how they only matters to a small minority of people mm-hmm. right um what what sense does it is back from the reading uh what sense does it make to depict jk rowling as a fascist like uh, isn't that the thing you say you're worried about to my surprise clinton shares the premise of my question <laughs> She's saying this proudly, like, isn't it wonderful that Hillary is agreeing with me that trans rights don't matter to most people? Right. So Hillary Clinton's quote here. um, We are standing on the precipice of losing our democracy. I I agree. That's your fucking fault, Hillary. Uh, (laughs) And everything that everybody else cares about then goes out the window, she says. Everything I care about. (laughs) Right. Look, the most important thing is to win the next election by any means necessary, apparently. The alternative is so frightening that whatever does not help you win should not be a priority. Like, uh, again, it, you, you, you think that throwing away the principles of your own base is the best idea possible in order to win over people that will never vote for you ever, ever, ever. That is that is like just fundamentally to their core. The way that they lose on purpose is they- doing that. And, and and again, it's just she just wants power for the sake of power. She has no fucking again. It's just the Feinstein thing. They have no intent to actually do anything good or decent or any. It's just their their ego their egomania is so vast that 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 they just need to be able to say that they did it so that they can gloat about it. They're fucking Hamptons cocktail parties, and and it's just it's just fucking disgusting. Like the Clintons are a fucking cancer. To any to anybody that gives a shit about anything in this country, like they're just so fucking detrimental at, to society at large, and it it's just it's just unbelievable how anyone can still be so fucking blinded that they think that somehow voting for Democrats is going to make things better, or that 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 they should even broach that subject with fu- like why the fuck would a, would a trans person vote for a Democrat at this point? Why the fuck would a person who cares about other people's humans, human rights, vote for a fucking Democrat at this point. 
I fucking would never vote for a Democrat at this point. I wouldn't vote for anybody at this point. I it would take a fucking insane moving of mountains for me to want to vote for any of these people at this point. Like I, I I cannot imagine what a scenario where I would not think that they were completely full of shit. Literally any of them at this point and want to actually. If AOC yeah, ran my president, time. I wouldn't vote for her. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> fuck no. I, 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 I wouldn't believe a fucking a, a, a turnaround from her at this point after after we've seen her no. her true colors too many times where it actually mattered. But yeah, again, we, we, abolish the Senate, abolish the Supreme Court, abolish the abolish White House. this fucking government, this fucking government. I, I mean, I'm I, I, I every day become just more and more nihilistic but more and more anarchist as well where i'm just like i get more and more anarcho communist where i'm just like i literally see no value whatsoever in even following fucking politics because it's just all horse shit it's the well, worst fucking people in the world I, I, you know all of them yep well the kurds of rojava figured out uh what are the anarcho communist uh confederalism the way that they you organize the society with no hierarchy. Uh, yeah. we've, we've talked about that uh, in the yeah, past. Absolutely. So I t- uh, two more quotes here from the article that just show like the, the depths of how like just disconnected from regular people Hillary Clinton is. So the author continues here or journalist biographer. <laughs> journalist uh, in quotations. Yeah. Stenographer. Yeah. In her view, Clinton's view in her view, Putin's only realistic path to victory in Ukraine would be Trump's re-election in 2024. Like, uh, they're doing pretty well so far. Quote, if Trump had won in 2020, he would have pulled the U.S. out of NATO. I have no doubt about that. (laughs) God, how awful that would have been. That sounds pretty fucking good. (laughs) Right. Oh, God. I mean, she's just she, so... she honestly thinks that like NATO is a thing that like the average American citizens like all fucking proud about because. Oh, NATO. We love NATO. Yes, we love the fucking, uh, you know, collection of fucking lunatic, you know, imperialist capitalist countries that. Yeah, constantly nobody, try to nobody is, is, you know, looking at the, the, the money, the cost of gasoline right now going, hey, yeah, let's send Ukraine another 40 billion dollars. Right, right. No, it's working out so well. So I've never seen somebody try so hard to get fucking absolute i really think joe biden's trying to set the record for most seats lost in a midterm election like i i'm convinced at this point that this is some like crazy prop bet he put with like draftkings.com where he's like i put 75 million dollars on joe biden is going to lose the most seat the democrats are going to lose the most seats in in american history during the 2022 midterms like that's i have to imagine that's what's happening at this point because nothing he's done has been i mean he just literally like he keeps saying like he's close to making a decision on maybe forgiving some student loans like that's literally like he just cannot fucking he he just First refuses to govern he ran on it he, he ran, ran on, on it. he ran on fifty thousand dollars <laughs> he he is literally just he refuses to fucking govern he is just the most pathetically in i mean this has to be fucking like has to be in contention for the least effective most feckless presidencies in american history like i mean full, uh, among including it, the guy who died like 14 days into the office like I, that guy got more done i think the, the i mean the, there's no denying the consensus amongst all of the anti-bernie democrats was that joe biden was their last choice behind right. maybe michael bloomberg 
<laughs> right. <laughs> or Howard Schultz or like, you know. It like was just, just the fact that Biden won North Carolina or South Carolina, whichever South Carolina, Carolina right. was, that they were like, you know, because Bernie, Bernie was like cleaning up. He was fucking burning through states. He was ready to take the lead. They were in a fucking panic and they were like, all right, we got to pull a Hail Mary behind Joe Biden, I guess. Um, So, yeah, booty judge, all you rest of you people, uh, you drop out, Liz Warren, you stay in and we'll fuck them. So that's what it's 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 still so crazy to me that this happened and like nobody ever talks about it. That like, yeah, Barack Obama literally up and people are like, how, how do you know that's how it happened? It's like, because it, it was fucking public. They made the people judge turned his fucking plate around in midair and flew back to South Bend and was like, oh, yeah, I got a phone call from from Barack Obama. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's what do you think happened? You morons. Do, like, do you, do you read the news? Do you read Politico? Like, I, I know it's a right. fucking scummy newspaper, but like it's they still report things that happen. Right. They love their gossip, <laughs> when it's, especially when it's true. Um, but one last quote here yeah. uh, says again the author I tell Clinton that on learning of her defeat in 2016 my then nine year old daughter stops taking my word as gospel <laughs> <laughs> I had somewhat rashly reassured her that Trump would not win quote it's really remarkable how often I'm told stories like that and how often I'm reading something like a work of fiction set in modern times and 2016 is a traumatic event it's almost S, I don't even know this word, eschological, Clinton says. Quote, it is a break in history. It's such a piece of unfinished business. Yeah, yeah, she's going to run again. You fucking know she's going to run again. Unfinished business. She's a fucking, just a decrepit old fucking ghost haunting this fucking, uh, our, our lives, like with her presence. And she just cannot move on because she has this unfinished right. business. Of- she's, she's threatening us. She's constantly threatening us she to run to again. The one- she wants to be the one to directly torture us the way that Joe Biden's torturing us right now. She just can't right. get over the fact that she that every one of her policies that she that she supports, all the right wing horseshit that she supports has been enacted by by the Democrats. She just has to be the one to do it herself like that, because because then she gets to say that she did it and she was the first female president. She will be furious if Kamala wins the presidency and she doesn't. Like that, oh, yeah. that's her fucking spot. Like as much as they're you know ideological they like equals, other. they, you know, right. Exactly. That's like, that's like, you know, like Tom Brady and fucking Peyton Manning or whatever. Like, yeah, sure. They're both the best quarterback in the league, but you know, they, they don't fucking like each other. You, because can't, they're put, fucking- you can't put Mariah Carey and Rihanna in the same room together. You right. can't, you can't have two divas in the same presence of one another. Right. They just go at each other. hundred um, percent. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you who's not going to be in office at all anymore is Liz Cheney. Uh, <laughs> She is fucking tanking in the Republican primary out there in her house seat or house district in Wyoming because she was one of the courageous few Republicans to speak out against Trump. Um, So now, like every fucking liberal in the world is like rooting for Liz Cheney. Uh, And and I saw this article, several articles, actually, the other day where, um, you know, interviewing um, Democratic voters in Wyoming that are going to switch to voting Republican to save Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney, who voted along with Donald Trump 93% of the time, uh, they're now, this is the new, because that's what the fucking liberals want. They want to win over right-wingers, right? Even if it means they compromise all of their own values. Do they care about winning over the left wing of voters? No, of course not. They, they don't, they don't want to convert 
fucking leftists into being liberal. They want to convert right wingers into becoming liberal. And if means they have to really actually just convert from being liberal to being right wing to convince themselves that they won, they'll do that. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And, and it's just so funny because Liz Cheney's learning the lesson that, that uh, every democratic politician usually learns is that, Hey, your base doesn't want to vote for you when you act like you're from the other fucking party and the other fucking party is not going to vote for you when they have an option that's more closely aligned with their fucking ideology. Yeah. Like nobody, yep. literally you serve nobody she, with your centrism. It's, it's exactly hilarious. She's about to get Claire McCaskill and you know, the right. minute, the minute Liz Cheney loses MSNBC is going to be on that phone calling her and giving her a full-time gig. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll bump James Clapper this week. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll bump our, <laughs> we'll bump, we'll bump the fucking former fucking NSA spook who lied to Congress to put you up there. So you can fucking lie to people like that's, that's what we just need a to do. roster of failed the left, the left wing news network. <laughs> fucking disgusting. I'm actually curious how, if Jank is on TYT is fucking singing Liz Cheney's praises, that would be the ultimate fucking irony. Like how funny that shit would be considering, you know, you know he, yeah, you know, he, he's, he, he's doing his best to do it without doing it overtly. I'm sure he's not, yeah. I'm sure he's not like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Liz Cheney is a fucking monster psychopath worse than her father. The, piece of shit maniac who fucking got us into iraq and afghanistan and you know etc but yeah no he, um yeah I, it, it's it's just fucking preposterous but you know there actually was some good news this week uh believe it or not because columbia uh you know m- pretty notoriously right wing into in, in the global south like they they've uh, not even like that the people but the, it's just they've they've really had a string of really shitty fucking uh presidents and and you know leaders there uh, they elected uh, an actual an actual leftist president for the first time in in, in modern times, I think, at least uh, Gustavo uh, Petro, who, you know, um, it, it, it's just it's fucking awesome to see this 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 resurgence of of socialism and communism in, in the global south right now. And I really hope it's just and the CIA can't pull off the shit they used to be able to i mean right. they did the coup in bolivia but that got pretty much o- overturned within well, one they, year right right uh, gina is going to fucking prison for 10 years right. you know but it's, so. I, I feel like social media has a big part of that where 100 like, you can't do these these midnight coups without people knowing about it right, right? and that that kind of actual democratization of the of the internet of the digital commons as it were um really makes their their black up stuff hard to pull off because people can you know you can fucking put out the information hey look what's going on and a hundred thousand people turn out in the streets overnight and fucking coos over you know right, and right. so like that it's it is amazing to see there was um manduro actually just had a phone call with this guy today uh in which they discussed uh peace between the two countries and reopening the border between the two of them they have been adversaries right because uh, colombia has been run by a bunch of right-wing you know capitalist fucking western puppets you know for for years decades um and that's that's fucking awesome and i'm i'm so glad to see it and now like the 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 fucking final boss the kingpin is bolsonaro like that's the one that the cia and the democratic party and everyone in the fucking united states uh intelligence apparatus is going to throw every dollar and every resource they have at stopping is stopping Lula from fucking winning in, in, in Brazil. Like that's going to be the one. Cause yeah. they know it's, they know it's I fucking mean, they already threw him in jail and that still didn't work. <laughs> right. And they know it's inevitable. They fucking know it's inevitable. This, this is clearly a wave. People are just being 
brutalized. And I think the pandemic really exacerbated that for a lot of people who, you know, like, and this is also an issue in, in Russia where like, you know, older, the older generation in Russia is actually a lot more pro-communist than the younger generation because the younger generation never actually uh, lived for the most, or were, were not, you know, cognizant adults during actual communism in Russia. So they only have the, the, the modern day capitalist retelling of how, well, and, and now they don't even have McDonald's anymore. So right. what, what, the, what the fuck's the point of capitalism? If you're not gonna have McDonald's, but so I, <laughs> I really, I hope there that there's, you know, kind of a, an almost like an enlightenment period in Russia where they kind of like, you know, a reassessment or a realignment where, where that kind of gets pulled back into position. Uh, and uh, because I, I just, you know, it, it really seems like that's, that's the global trend. And, and unfortunately the United States is constantly going in the opposite direction and will probably be the last vestiges of, of, of fucking just brutal fucking, you know, imperialist ultra capitalist fucking, you know, nightmare scenario yeah. that we live in. But unfortunately we're still the most powerful fucking country in the world. And we will always be well, militarily the most powerful country. Russia might not be communist now, but they're still doing a lot of the things that Soviet Union is doing, which, you know, things like uh, helping African countries to, you know, throw off the chains of colonialism, uh, building right. hospitals, building schools, China's building schools and hospitals all over the world. And, and, and you know, of course, all the NATSEC writers in the U.S. are like, "Oh, they're trying to peddle their influence and control." It. Yeah, by by giving people things they need, like medicine, <laughs> like right. And again, I'm sure it's not because Vladimir Putin wants to do good things because he fucking you know is a communist at heart. He's fucking not. He's a capitalist at heart, no. but he understands that that's the. That's the position they can occupy. That's, that's they, the identity of their country still. Right. That's, that's, that the, na- that's, that's the, whole, the national pride is that we were the ones who defeated the Nazis. Invasion of Ukraine and denazification is an extension of, you know, the Red Army defeating Hitler. That's that's very much part of their propaganda. That, right. That's the way um, the way they look at that, the way we look at, you know, winning the Revolutionary War or winning the Civil War or winning, right. you know, like that's and, and rightfully so, because that's a, like a great fucking thing that that country did in, in, in world history is, is, is to fucking, well, they had a part to play in it, according to my mother. <laughs> um, so yeah, speaking uh, of propaganda about yeah. Ukraine and Russia, um, I, I know we've talked about this before, how m- increasingly newsrooms are relying on artificial intelligence to write entire articles. Right. right. Especially when it's stuff like the weather or sports, you know, or things that happen around the world where, you know, their newsroom's closed at mm. four in the morning, so they want to get the headlines out still. So they right. have a bot write it, a literal bot write it. And, you know, as I'm skimming through Yahoo News, I'm looking for patterns, you know, and I uh, I saw these two articles and just the headlines alone were kind of telling. But the bylines, I was even more like, what? Did a human write this? Clearly, no. Um, and they weren't published next to each other, but they were published at almost the same time. And I had these in my notes for last week. We didn't do an episode, obviously. So I wanted to get to this. So this is uh, Yahoo News. Voldemort Zelensky, how a comedian became an international hero. Posted Saturday, June 4th, 2022 at 4.15 a.m. How a comedian became an international hero. That seems a little editorializing for uh, news. Sure. But then I saw this headline. Yahoo News. Vladimir Putin, how an average student become, became one of the world's most feared men. <laughs> so posted Saturday, June 4th, uh, 2022 at 4 a.m. So posted 15 minutes apart at four in the, four in the morning. Um, not likely somebody posted that 
manually. But so that was just the headline, almost the exact same headline, but like how an average guy, right, the inverse of the headline, right? Hero and how an, or, or how an average guy became the world's most fear. It's like, really? I don't, that, and, and that's also the lie that we tell ourselves is like the whole world's afraid of Putin. It's like, uh, 74% of the world just voted to keep Russia in the human rights uh, council, of the UN. So yeah, no, but then I read the, the bylines. So here's the byline <clears throat> for the first one for Zelensky. As the war in Ukraine passes its 100th day, Yahoo's international news team examines the life of President Voldemort Zelensky of Ukraine and the unlikely story of how a comedian became a wartime leader admired throughout the world. Again, projecting the whole world agrees with us because we're doing the problem. If, if they did, you wouldn't have to print shit like this. So, right. You wouldn't have to do constant 24-7 propaganda to right. get people to think that that's actually the, the So here's the byline for the Putin one. As the war in Ukraine passes its 100th day, Yahoo's international news team examines the life of President Vladimir Putin of Russia and the events that drove his rise to power as one of the most powerful and feared people on Earth. Like it's just they had a fucking template and they let a robot write that shit. <laughs> right. A hundred percent. I mean, it's just it, it, that. And this is, pr- you know, the, the logical conclusion of, of you know, no <clears throat> writers from the fucking previous like generation of reporting where they actually were, you know, allowed to do reporting still really being around in the way journalism is taught. I think the ultimate end goal was just going to be AI fucking articles anyway. Like it was just going to, you know, that, that that cuts out the middleman of having to teach them to do the State Department propaganda when you just have the State Department create a fucking article writing bot that'll write the fucking you know the 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 shit they want it to write and and you know change enough words so that it doesn't look like you're copying the homework you know (laughs) fucking yeah so you you remember a few months ago when it was reported that um ukraine had banned certain political parties but it was only gonna be temporary while the war went on yeah yeah just just happened to be all the left-wing parties but yeah it was only the left-wing parties of course and everyone said, oh, well, that's normal in a time of war to ban certain political parties. It's like, so, but you're on the side of that country doing that, but you're, so you're root for the bad guy there. So I just saw this tweet yesterday, breaking, Ukraine has permanently banned the opposition party. <laughs> oh, okay. That seems, <laughs> seems fair. Yeah. So you not, not the Nazis though, not the far right parties that, well, that exist. I, I, I saw that and I was like, I'm going to make a meme. So I took the, the screenshot of that tweet and i got the padme and anakin meme uh template out and i put the whole like replaced the whole first panel of anakin's face with the screenshot of the tweet and then so the next panel's padme going so you banned the nazi party right and then the next panel <laughs> anakin, anakin not just not say anything looking no so selling it, right? and then padme's not smiling now she's like all serious and she repeats herself you banned the nazi party right <laughs> <laughs> little little uh meme of my own i made and i was like oh nice. that'll work. uh yeah. but yeah uh, exactly like you'd think that like oh they're gonna ban the the party with the nazis because that's the whole big problem everyone says isn't a problem right N- no no the, see because the nazis aren't the opposition party <laughs> it's, it's hard to ban the nazi party when they have a fucking rifle pointed at your head just off screen telling you that you better not say anything out of line because that's you know literally the only thing keeping you in fucking power right now is that the, the fucking Nazi army is propping you up. But, you know, it's it just, yeah, it, it's just, this is going to go on for a while in Ukraine because we are going to dump every fucking resource we have just the same way we've, we've overextended ourselves militarily and other things we had no business in like Vietnam, because it's just, this is the way we, we pedal and push our influence around the world is that we 
prop up little satellite countries that have no business doing what they're doing because they're advancing our goals and our, our, you know, intentions worldwide. So that's, that's what we're going to do, unfortunately. And that's why you were paying $7 for a fucking gallon of milk at the supermarket or, you know, $8 for br- whatever the fuck you're paying. I mean, I, I don't know about you. I cannot fucking afford to shop anywhere other than Aldi's anymore. Like I literally, and I like Aldi, but like they, there's shit they don't have. And it's gotten to the point where like, I used to be able to go to Aldi and get weekly groceries for like, maybe 75 bucks. I, I feel like I don't get nearly as like enough things like to even get me through a week. And I spend well over a hundred dollars now when I go to all these, it's fucking oh, yeah. insane. There's a kind of bread I like that. It used to cost uh, three bucks a, a loaf. It's like five bucks now. And and everything's five like a dollar or two more. But when you go to grocery shopping and you buy 25 items like that adds up to a significant chunk of your bill like every, when every item you buy is like four or five dollars only afford to buy things if they're on sale if it's not on sale i don't buy it yeah right? i mean that's, that's, and I've, I've skipped meals I've, I've straight up i've skipped meals because i'm like i gotta keep this much of my money for you know buying some vodka later so i'm like <laughs> <laughs> right but, uh, you know just, just i mean it's not hard another. to fucking only buy things on sale because usually there's at least one kind of a thing. I mean, it's a grocery store. There's 50,000 things made out of corn at every grocery store. But also, store. like, if you're... Ma- and I, and I, I make a decent wage. Like, if you're making fucking minimum wage or close to minimum wage, I don't know how the fuck anybody gets by like this. Like, I genuinely don't. And it's just... Well, there's food worse. stamps, obviously. And you can, you know... Obviously, there's a lot of people on food stamps that still have jobs. Um, but even that's fucking hard. Like, you can't make too much money or you don't qualify for Medicaid. You don't qualify for food stamps. I think it's like if you make more than $20,000 a year, you can't get Medicaid, which is fucking insane. Like, that's nothing. That's I like it. it, It's just there's there's a huge chunk of people who make too much to qualify for any of the pittance of government aid that actually is provided by this country, but don't make enough to survive, which is the other, you know, 70 percent of this country is they don't make enough to actually survive in the in the place that they're living in. And it's just fucking insane like how 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 this is still going on and we're just letting it fucking happen like i i i just don't this is so unsustainable but i you know I, who knows i mean i just don't know how the fuck this is going to be a really interesting chapter in the history books 50 years from now <laughs> be like oh that's what happened <laughs> like it'll be a, it'll be a little blurb about why you know why we fucking just like you know mass rioted and did re, did redacted 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 it'll be <laughs> You know, that be like, oh, okay, that's why. But I can't wait till we get to that part. <laughs> that's all I'll say. Um, so I had one last uh, bit here I wanted okay, to get yeah. to uh, real quick. Um, just just because this is something we've talked about previously. Uh, headline, U.S. seeks full reset with Saudi Arabia, effectively moving on from the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. <laughs> uh, yeah. So senior U.S. officials have conveyed to Saudi Arabia that the U.S. is prepared to move forward with a reset of the relationship and effectively move on from its 2018 murder of Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi in order to repair ties with the key Middle East ally, senior U.S. officials tell CNN. The planning for a reset is a dramatic about face for President Joe Biden, who came in office vowing to make Saudi Arabia a pariah over Khashoggi's murder. His administration also released an intelligence report last year that directly accused Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salam of orchestrating Khashoggi's killing. U.S. US officials told CNN the decision to meet with MBS has been a tough pill to swallow, even for the president. Yeah, I bet. Uh, Who said in 2019 that Saudi Arabia had no redeeming social value. But they said the countries that have agreed that the relationship cannot be held hostage by the murder. (laughs) 
<laughs> that pesky <laughs> little thing, you know. That, that pesky we, murder that's holding up our country's hostage. Yeah, fucking bone saw. Mohammed Chopped Bones up an American saw. citizen and journalist for for reporting on the the, the fucking fascist you so, know policies of of, yeah. of my leadership. But um, so the relationship cannot be held hostage by the murder, especially given how dramatically the world has changed since the Russia invasion of Ukraine in February. Here's a quote. Uh, this is from Inch. We need cheap oil. That's that's what that means. That's oh, exactly is, what so that is, means. This quote is from an uh, unnamed official. I love those quotes. I do think. The desperation of the trajectory of the global economy is driving everything. The officials said they, the White House, are anxious. They are desperate. Their fear and their anxiety is making them throw principle out the door as if they had any. To begin with, the official added, the worst economic outcomes on this are really bad and would devastate any hopes the Democrats would have in November. Yeah, uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken told CNN, and Espanol on Wednesday that the administration never sought to fully rupture U.S.-Saudi relations. Oh, sure. Even after releasing the report last year that put uh, Mohammed Bonesaw at the center of Khashoggi's murder. But he said that the U.S. would continue to make sure that human rights is are, are fully reflected in our foreign policy. <laughs> just, <laughs> just not just, this time. Just, just give us a mulligan on this one. Anything. Just make up anything we want. The country with a torture prison and kids in cages is very concerned about human rights. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm told CNN's Jake Tapper on Wednesday that, quote, I love this quote, because every fucking time, I swear, here we go, quote, there is no doubt that Saudi Arabia has to account for what they did with Kamal Khashoggi. However, but, <laughs> but there is also no question that we have to inc- increase global oil supply. And OPEC, led by Saudi Arabia, is at the head of the pack for that. Just... You oh know, my God! It, he admitted, like in person, just, like that's it, just in real yeah. It just we need the oil, so we can't care about look a guy getting chopped up and hauled away in duffel bags, right? Among the fifty million other fucking red flags and night human rights nightmares of Saudi Arabia. But I mean, again, who are we to fucking talk? Um, it, look, I, you know this is horrible. This was the, the writing was on the wall when they started normalizing relationships relations with Venezuela. Like when they, when they threw Guaido under the bus and we're like, yo, yeah, no, we totally want to normalize relations with Maduro. I was like, oh, <laughs> this, 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 I mean, this is fucking desperate. This is, you know, this, this is like real, like <laughs> crackhead behavior at this point. But, you know, we, we knew that this, this, this shit was coming when they were trying to normalize relations with Venezuela of all fucking countries. Like this was inevitable, but yeah. Well, it doesn't I mean, make it any less gross. Need the oil. Need the fucking oil because we're never going to stop driving cars. And the fucking, I'm telling you, calling it now, the electric vehicles are, they're, they're just going to eat up more carbon. They're way more carbon intensive to build and they be, they're way heavier, way more dangerous. So the last paragraph of this article really seals the deal here. Israel has been pushing heavily for the Biden MBS meeting to happen, Mosul officials said, mm-hmm. uh, and underscoring the changing nature of the Israeli-Saudi relationship. Biden is expected to make an extraordinary rare flight directly from Tel Aviv to, to Riyadh on Air Force One while in the Middle East next month, according to two regional officials briefed on the plans. So, yeah, if, if it wasn't bad enough that, you know, it's all about the oil, it's also still always about what Israel wants. Right. Just 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 going from Tel Aviv to Riyadh. Why don't you stop at Guantanamo Bay on your way back? Like, is there any fucking just just den of fucking, you know, inequity that you didn't visit on your fucking little your little jaunt Biden? Yeah, it, it's fucking gross. But, you know, again, 
I expect no less. And again, you know, even even if you want to just work with the premise that Joe Biden's not going to do anything to, you know, uh, try to wean us off of fossil fuels, he literally could just threaten oil companies, federal subsidies, if they didn't immediately lower their prices for oil, which they're gouging the shit out of right now. I mean, they're, you know, obviously charging way more at the pump than it actually is costing them, you know, per barrel. But that would actually be addressing the root cause, which is capitalism. And he's never going to do that. He can never be seen to do anything that would even remotely resemble a price control or trying to trying to control prices. So you get this fucking insane dance of like what horrible you know, country, can we be put, put ourselves at the fucking behest of now? Like who, who, who is, who's going to hold us hostage next? Let's how about Saudi Arabia? They've always been so fucking horrible to us. Why don't we, why don't we have them hold us hostage for fucking, you know, oil again? Yeah. Well, I saw a guy's tweet yesterday. He, um, he was on a charter bus from, I believe it was from like Chicago to Denver. And he, took a picture of the bus. He's like, this, my bus ticket costs $10 to go from Chicago to Denver. And I'm the only one on this charter bus. It, it's like, if people were really fucking pissed and hurting for the gas they're paying, that bus would be full. Yeah. Or, or you know, <laughs> I mean, people don't realize how little there's paying for gas still compared to the entire rest of the world because of those subsidies. Yeah, but that perception's not going to get there. I mean, in America, that's not going to get no, there. No, but it's still, but it's, it's like, it's, it is this entitlement of, well, I have to drive. It's like, well, you could take the bus for 10 bucks. That's way fucking cheaper. And then you wouldn't have to, you know, it's like, nope, nope, I'm gonna still going to drive. <laughs> it's like, at, at what point do you finally go, you know, like, yeah, actually, I'm fine with the gas being really expensive because I just want to have a car for everything. That's that's just such an American fucking selfish mindset to me. I can't stand it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that pretty are we. Yeah, I hit everything we got to hit. All right. Well, that wraps us up for tonight, though. Uh, but. Uh, where, where are my plugs? Oh, if you want to support us. <laughs> uh, fuck, I'm tired, dude. I bet this has been a long two weeks. <laughs> we were just, just FYI for people that were, we didn't record last week cause I was so insanely busy with work and I did like multiple days of overtime cause I was you doing eating. like an audit. I, yeah. So basically I've been there for like two months and they're having me audit entire departments, which like, I'm not like, I'm not like, Oh fuck. I, like, I don't mind. It's awesome that they trust me this much and that they think I'm doing this good of a job, but it's insanely fucking stressful to be like, Hey, why is this entire fucking production wing of our company making shit, you know, product of, of what they're making? I gotta be careful. I don't want to like talk about my actual job, but like, why are they, why are they just doing so bad? So I had to literally go and interview like every shift that works in that, in that wing of the, the company including like the 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. shift. So I had to get there at like 6.30 a.m. to fucking interview <laughs> these overnight. So I was doing that all week, fucking being there for like 10 hours. It was a fucking nightmare, but, you know, it, 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 it'll be worth it in the end because like I, I, I actually like enjoy doing this job, but yeah, it, it's just a lot. So I'm fucking shot. But anyway, so it, was, it wasn't like a, uh, you know, hey, this meeting could have been an email kind of situation. No, no, no. I mean, for sure, I for sure had to like, find out like why people are fucking up or why things are f- getting fucked up <laughs> and right. you know it yeah yeah and it's it's just 
Mary Adam better Page, do it face to face with people so you can... when you get honest answers like you're not going to get an honest answer if you do it in an email you're not going to get an honest answer or if you're doing answer. it in... <laughs> right right or if you're doing it in front of other like supervisors you have to like get them one-on-one and just be like look it's anonymous just tell me what do we need to do to fix it and mostly it's just like people didn't get enough training like that's mo and that's honestly most jobs is what the answer is like people just are not given the tools they need to like do the shit that you're trying that you want them to do like they don't want to be hassled like nobody wants to be like constantly like why didn't you do this it's like well because you didn't show me how to do it so you know right. that's 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 you know something to work on but um but yeah in any event obviously i'm fucking tired uh yeah so if you want to support the show rate review and subscribe on uh whatever you get your podcast follow us on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash move left facebook.com slash move left idiots uh, patreon.com slash move left. I am on Twitter at move underscore left. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at the bike slutty. No, I'm not the Batman, just bike slutty. You know what it is. <laughs> Leave the video. <laughs> All right. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>